Caution. The contents of this podcast may be historical, but they're still served piping hot. We're brewing up the classics here on the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. My name is Asa. And I'm Allison. Today, we're looking at some lovely orchestral music with Spanish flair, composed by Joaquin Turina. Let's hop to it. Torino was born in Seville, Spain in 1882. His father was actually Italian, but Torino never spent any time living in that country. Torino initially began his musical studies in Seville as a child, learning piano in theory. However, his parents didn't actually wish for music to be his ultimate career. Rather, they pushed him to study medicine. Now, Torino apparently briefly started down this path, but eventually decided to forgo any activities that got in the way of music and began instead to pursue this as a lifelong career. As a young musician, Torino was largely inspired by the French schools of the late Romantic and now Impressionistic eras. Paris was his ultimate goal, and he made his way there via Madrid. He spent just a bit of time in Madrid studying with José Trago, by this time, he had already attempted writing an opera, but it was largely ignored. Finally, Torino was able to move to Paris in 1905 and was accepted into a piano apprenticeship with Moritz Moskowski at the Scola Cantorum, which at the time was a shining beacon of French influence inspired by Caesar Frank and his student Vincent Dandy. While in Paris, Torino made friends with a lot of other Spanish composers who were in the city, particularly De Falla and Albanez. De Falla and Albanez apparently attended a concert that was put on by Torino featuring the premiere of his piano quintet. And after the concert, the eldest Albanez treated Torino and De Falla to dinner and drinks. And over the course of the evening, he made it clear that Torino should really abandon his French style and go forth as a Spanish nationalist. In Torina's recount of the event, he describes them as, quote, three Spaniards gathered in that corner of Paris, and it was our duty to fight bravely for the national music of our country. Torina still stayed in Paris for a few more years until 1914, when he finally moved back to his homeland. Finally returning to Spain, Torina was widely acclaimed as a pianist, composer, and conductor. Many works that he had written back in Paris had arrived in Spain before him, so he was already quite well known when he made his return. Many of his works are for solo piano, but largely feature Spanish-inspired melodies. However, he rarely actually quotes an existing folk melody directly. Of the Spanish composers working at the time, Torina seemed to have been at the forefront of long-form orchestral works. His Sinfonia Sevillana is occasionally thought of as a symphony, but is actually more of a tone poem. The Danzas Fantasticus we'll be looking at today is also akin to a tone poem in its impressionist yet descriptive nature, but more on that shortly. Torina had a very full musical life while he was in Spain. 
Aside from his own composing, he also wrote a critical column in El Debate, which was a cultural newspaper. And in 1930, he was appointed as a professor of composition at the Madrid Conservatory. Torino was lucky during the Spanish Civil War. Though not a very political figure, he did suffer a bit of prosecution at the hand of the Republican Party. However, he did make it out unscathed and was largely left alone to continue on with his music. In 1941, Torino helped to found and serve as a commissioner for the General Music Commission, which fell under the governance of the Ministry of Education. In addition to music, Torino had a few other hobbies, such as photography and reading. It seems these hobbies helped him along on his compositional journey, however. As we've already said, his style was rather impressionistic, thus meaning it was meant to evoke an impression of a place or scene. By immersing himself in these other forms of art to experience these things, he may have been able to more accurately depict things through his music. And he had a few unrelated hobbies as well. Apparently, he liked to attend bullfights, and he also loved attending a good parade. Near the end of his life, Torina suffered from cancer and eventually passed away in 1949. So now let's get into the Danzas Fantasticas. Torina wrote this three-movement work in 1919, originally just for solo piano, but he soon orchestrated it. The orchestral version actually premiered first in February 1920 in Madrid. By this time, Torina was an experienced composer and of course fully immersed in his Spanish influences. And this piece was actually inspired by a Spanish novel La Orgia by the writer José Mas, who was a native of Seville as well. Included in the score, and of course printed in the program notes for the audiences, are short excerpts from this novel that accompany each movement. And we'll also include that text here as we delve into the music. We'll start with movement one, Exaltation, with the text, It seemed as if the figures in the incomparable picture were moving inside the calyx of a flower. is evocative of a different style of Spanish dance. This first movement takes inspiration from the Spanish dance Jota, a northern style. The highlight of the Jota is a three-beat feel, with triplets followed by a dotted rhythm. There are clearly many instances of this exact rhythm throughout the movement, and here's just one example with the brass playing the Jota rhythm. of this Rondo La Cota, there are sections with a slower and more mysterious nature, which are not quite as dance-like. Torina also used the orchestral color in very nice ways. In this section, the strings are obviously playing a more drawn-out and grand melody, however, Torina has written a lot of busy runs and arpeggios in the woodwinds. 
This puts an air of busyness into the sound, giving the listeners the impression of the celebration going on around them. to the second movement, titled Ensueño, or Daydream. The text reads, The guitar strings sounded the lament of a soul helpless under the weight of bitterness. Here, Tarina turns to a Basque dance called a Tzortziko. The hallmark of this dance is that it is in 5-8 time, meaning there are an uneven 5 beats per measure. This would seem to be perfectly fitted to the traditional dance that features alternating hops and spins. In this section of the movement, you can hear the Tzortziko rhythm passed around through different sections. Listen for an 8th note, followed by two groups of dotted 8th 16ths. Tarina's writing in this movement does seem to fit the words that accompany it. Listen to this section with the very mournful trumpet. It really does sound like the lament of a bitter soul. Another example of Tarina's excellent grasp of orchestration, here he had an English horn solo accompanied by the brass instruments. Now take note, the English horn is in fact a double reed woodwind instrument, however its timbre and range really help it to blend with these lower brass sounds, and especially near the end of the solo, it almost sounds one and the same. And the final third movement, Orgia, named after the inspiration novel's title itself. The text from the novel reads, The perfume of the flowers merged with the odor of manzanilla, and from the bottom of raised glasses, full of wine incomparable as incense, joy flowed. representative dance for this movement is the Faruka, a type of flamenco dance native to the Galicia region. This dance is usually in a two or four feel, and is often quite persistent. Tarina takes it a step even further in this work, to the point of the dance driving forward. Vote for 
perhaps the dying down of the party in the wee hours of the morning, Tarina suddenly brings the gaiety to a halt. And then we hear a very simple and folksy violin solo. In this movement, Tarina uses the old orchestral standby of passing the melody. In this section, you can hear the strings start a phrase and the woodwinds end it. And the quickness of the transition and similarities of the timbre makes this a cohesive and subtle trick. And through all the subtleness of the orchestration, Tarina has crafted a really lovely set here with these three Spanish dances. And if in your mind you've just heard a podcast fantastica, do consider sharing us with like-minded friends, dropping us a review on iTunes, Google Play, follow on Spotify, all that jazz. For the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast, I'm Asa. And I'm Allison. Thank you so much for listening. Danzas Fantasticas was performed by the University of Chicago Orchestra, conducted by Barbara Schubert. You can find The Coffeehouse on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Email us at coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com. (laughs) 